Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. Morning, Freedom House Church. Good to see everybody today. Look at your neighbors. Say you look extra cute today. You look extra, extra cute. Look at your second choice and say you look pretty good. You look pretty good. Now that's a little awkward right there. Look, I can see myself right there and that's, tele- everybody look back at that television right there. Look at that. I can see myself. Now that's going to be really weird because I am watching myself preach. It is so awkward. You know, I've been preaching for about 30 years, and I cannot stand to listen to myself. I used to do four services on a weekend. By the fourth service, I was so tired of hearing my voice, I didn't talk the rest of the day. My wife got mad at me on Sunday, so anyway, I had to talk on Mondays. Well, hey, my name is Troy Maxwell, and uh, my wife and I are the senior pastors here at Freedom House Church. I'm so glad you decided to come. I also want to give it up for your campus pastors, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Stephanie. Stand up. You may not know this, but Aaron does this volunteer. He is not on staff at the church. Um, his wife makes him do this. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. They've been a part of this church. Aaron used to, uh, Pastor Aaron used to drive the trucks when we were a mobile church for nine years. So if you stumbled into Freedom House Church and you're like, man, what a great building. We didn't used to have a building. We didn't have a building before. We used to be in a school for nine years. How many of y'all remember that? Raise your hand if you remember that, those days. Some of you do. Some of you have no idea what that looks like. And that's why you need to give in liberty. (laughs) Because you're experiencing right now liberty offerings that came before you. So make sure you be faithful. If this is your church, listen, if you're kicking the tires of Freedom House Church, I don't expect you to give. Um, Still, you know, find out if this is the church for you. Stay for about a year or so, and then you can leave. So... Also, I want to welcome all of our uh, online streamers. We've got Hawaii. Hello, Hawaii. Holy cow. Alabama, Texas, Tennessee, Ohio, California, New York, Georgia, PR, Puerto Rico. All right. I didn't think that. It is a state, right? No, kind of. Florida, New Jersey. And then my friend, Captain Haas, who's fishing today. Peace, brother. Love you. 
Um, I love, how many of y'all love stories? Raise your hand if you love stories. I, I love stories. I love a good story. There's nothing better than a great story. I'm an only child and an only grandchild on both sides of my family. And so when, when I had a son, I was thankful that the Maxwell name will continue. And I told Colby that he could not, well, better not say that. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I, uh, I, I used to go to my grandparents' house every single weekend. Every weekend I would go to my grandparents' house. So they would pick me up on Fridays. And then I would go so my mom could, she was not a Christian, I was not a Christian. They were Christians, they went to church. And I did not like going to my grandparents' house until I got there because there were, none of my friends were there. They were kind of isolated. I didn't have any friends around that house. But I would spend time with them on Friday. I mean, I really didn't like it. But on Saturday mornings, I loved it because my grandma could cook. And she would always make me a huge breakfast on Saturday mornings. And then I would watch cartoons all Saturday morning. And if you don't remember Saturday morning cartoons, then you're probably under the age of 40. If you're over the age of 40... Saturday morning cartoons were the jam. The best cartoons. SpongeBob SquarePants, pfft, terrible, okay? All that other weird stuff, you know, Takamani stuff. I don't even know what that stuff is. But Coyote, Chasing Roadrunner, Tom and Jerry. Y'all get, y'all get more excited about cartoons than you do about Jesus. What's up with that? I'm kidding. And every night before I would go to bed, my grandfather would tell me stories. He would tell me the story of Little Red Riding Hood, Once Upon a Time. He would tell me the story of the three little pigs, Once Upon a Time. And I didn't want to go to sleep because he was such a great storyteller. You know, Jesus was a master storyteller. He told great stories. They're called parables in the Bible. The word parable is the Greek word parabola, which means to be, it means beside or to throw, or to throw beside. And so what God does in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is he, Jesus would have a principle that he wanted to get across, and he would throw a parable, a story alongside of it. In what we're living in right now, in the days that we're living in, we are living in the end times. There's three chapters that I really want you to pay close attention to over the next few months, Matthew chapter 24, 25, and 26, because Jesus talks about the end times. And it's important for you and I to understand that. The title of today's message is the parable of the talents. Now, when Jesus would tell a story or a group of parables, they would usually come in three, and the third parable was the pinnacle parable. It was the parable that he wanted us to pay. He was building on the principle for us to get an understanding of what that principle meant. So he told three parables in Matthew 24 and 25. We're gonna look at the last parable. And basically his whole idea was to let us know that he was coming back. Jesus is coming back for his church. And he's coming back soon. Understand that. We know that because there's three major players that are involved in the end times. I'm not an eschatology guy, which means that, you know, I know enough about end times to make me dangerous. There are people that really study it, Revelation, Ezekiel, Daniel. But I know enough about end times to understand that Russia, China, and Iran are very important countries involving the end times. And so whenever you see them in the news, pay very close attention to what's going on because they are influencing the coming of Jesus Christ. 
and you better be ready. Let me say it again. You better be ready as a Christian. And that's what Jesus talks about. So he gives us three parables. The first parable he tells us is about two servants, one faithful and one, one evil. One faithful and wise and one evil. Then he tells us a parable of 10 virgins, five wise and five foolish. And then he tells us a parable of three servants, which we're gonna talk about. And the point, I'm gonna give you the point right now. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag, okay? The point of these three parables, listen, you may wanna write this down, is what are you going to do with what God has given you? That's the point. So this whole message today is about what are you doing with what God has given you? Because everything, listen to me church, listen, everything that you have has been given to you by God. Everything, every talent, every dollar, every child, every relationship. Every, every possession that you have has been given to you by God. So here's the question. What are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna build God's kingdom or your empire? Because it's very important. God did not give you the talent that you have to build Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or your own business. He gave you it to build the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that you can't use your gift on the other side of the kingdom. But first and foremost, God gave you that gift. So three things I wanna to cover today. You may wanna write these down. I say that a lot because I want you to write them down. You remember a lot more when you write things down, okay? If, if, if your neighbor's not writing it down, you have my position to write on them. Just write on them, okay? Three things, application, ability, and attitude. Application, ability, in attitude. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Beginning in verse 14, look at the screen behind me. For the kingdom of heaven, that's how Jesus would often start his parables because he wants us to understand this is what the kingdom looks like. It's like a man traveling to a far country. This is Jesus. He dies. He's raised from the dead. He's going to heaven to prepare a place for us. He's the man traveling to a far country who called his own servants. Who are his servants? We are. Remember, he's talking to his disciples, by the way. He's talking to his disciples, pull him aside and go, hey, can you tell us when will these things be? When are the end times gonna happen? So he's talking to you. How many disciples do I have? Raise your hand if you're a disciple. Raise your hand. Okay, about half of you. I don't know what the rest of you are, but let's try it one more time. How many of y'all disciples? Raise your hand. Okay, everybody's a disciple. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. They weren't their goods, they were his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me, how many talents? Five, five talents. Look, I have gained, how many talents? Five. five more talents. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of the Lord. He also had received, how many? Two talents. 
came and said, Lord, you delivered to me. How many? Two talents. Look, I've gained. How many? Two talents. Just want to make sure you're paying attention, class. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received the, how many talents? One talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. That's what I think he sounds like. Maxwell translation. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his Lord tweeted and DM'd him (laughs) and said, you wicked and lazy servant. Oh my gosh, God is so mean. God said he called, he called his servant wicked and lazy. Maybe we have a wrong impression of what God is like. We want him to always be nice. Sometimes he's not nice. He called this guy wicked and lazy. I don't want to be called wicked and lazy. I looked up the word wicked, it means wicked. <laughs> I looked up the word lazy, it means lazy. Nothing, there's nothing extra extracurricular about those two words, wicked and lazy. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seeds, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bank. You should have at least gone to fidelity and got a little interest on it at my coming, and I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. Well, that's not nice. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So what's the application? This is a very sobering parable, would you agree? So what's the application? God is not fair, God is just. One of the hardest things to teach your kids as a parent is that, life is not fair, that you're not fair, right? As a parent, you try to be fair, but you're not because you can't be because God's not fair. He's just. See, he gave, he called his servants and delivered his goods to them. Let me make it very clear to you. God is not a socialist. And we have to make sure we understand that and we can't put God into the position of treating everybody the same because he doesn't. Maybe shocking to you that you need to understand that God isn't gonna treat you like he treats the person beside you. There's a couple of words in our culture that are being thrown around that we must understand right now. A couple of words. Equality and equity. Equality is a word around democracy. I'm sure you've heard this statement. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. You should learn that in elementary school. That is a democracy, that all men are created equal. We all, we all believe that we're all, and we are. We all are created equal. But another word that's being thrown around, and you may hear it if you're in corporate America or in the education system, is this word equity. Equity is recognized as each person has different circumstances and allocates resources and opportunities 
needed to reach an equal outcome. This is socialism. Bent on trying to make sure that everybody has the same chances. And the truth is, is if you're a child of God, you are created in the image of God and you're not ever meant to be a victim. Ever to be a victim. Don't ever claim that you're a victim based on your past or what has been done to you or the color of your skin or anything. If you're a child of God, you're a, you're, you are a victor, never a victim. Are you following me? See, God's word is redeemed. That's your word. Your word is redeemed. You're bought by the blood of the lamb. You're saved from hell going to heaven. Are you following me? That, that's, your, that's, your, that's your name. Your name is redeemed. So, so if you want to understand how God looks at us, he sees everyone the same, but he doesn't treat everyone the same. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, for many are called, everybody's invited, but few are chosen. Now, no, you read that and you go, yeah, but I want to be part of the chosen. How do, how do you get there? How do you get, we're gonna talk about that because we can learn a lot from this parable because he tells us exactly how we can be the ones that he picks. Because he picks, God's a good investor. He wants an ROI. You know what that stands for? Return on investment. You are an investment. He sees you, here's how he sees you. He sees you according to your faith. Your faith is what gets you into heaven. Your faith, your faith, what you believe, that's what gets you into heaven. God sees you, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. According to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith. However, he treats us based on our obedience and our faithfulness. He treats you according to your obedience and your faithfulness. Now follow me. This is really important as a Christian, okay? Because listen, you're not, as a Christian, you're not gonna be judged based on your sin. Your sins are forgiven. You're now judged on what you do with Jesus and the gifts that he gave to you. So you're gonna go right on by the great white throne judgment that has the, the name, uh, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So you're gonna go through, they're gonna say, Troy Maxwell, thank you very much. I'm gonna move on to the, the Bama seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And now my whole life is gonna flash up in 4DR, 4HD, HDR, whatever it is. And my life, God's gonna review my life and basically hold me accountable based on what I did based on my obedience and my faithfulness. So here's it, God blesses the obedient and curses the disobedient. Now understand what blessing and cursing is, okay? Understand that. Aaron, come up here real quick, real quick. Run, 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 run. Okay, good job, all right. Good job, that was good. Made me nervous. All right, blessing. What is blessing? Because I think sometimes People think God has a doll of you and when you mess up, like a voodoo doll, he stabs you in some part of your life. That's what people think. They think that's how God is. That is not how God is. God, God is, 
enthroned in grace and mercy. But he cannot bless disobedience. However, he doesn't hold you responsible for things you don't know. So I'm messing you up today. If you wanted to leave, you can't. We have all the doors locked. You cannot leave now. So now you are responsible for something that you know. So if Aaron, and I'll just use a very simple thing, probably I believe the simplest thing in Christianity, tithing. Let's just say Aaron is a tither. God's blessing is on him. His hand is on him. God's covering is on him. The heavens are open, the Bible says. That, that blessings flow in his life. God's gonna cover, protect, rebuke the devil. He's gonna do everything he can. Let's say Aaron, who knows he's supposed to tithe, but says, I'm not gonna do it. God curses. He doesn't put something on him or make him sick or anything like that. All, all cursing is, is God removing his hand from him. And now God is handcuffed and unable to give him move in his life because of disobedience. That's what cursing is. Cursing is not God doing bad stuff to you. He did already, he did all that to Jesus already. And your faith puts you in a position for either blessing or cursing. Now, what about faithfulness? God promotes the faithful and demotes the unfaithful. So if you wanna move up in the kingdom of God, then you're faithful. So I want God's blessing, obedience is my narrative. And I want God's promotion, faithfulness, which we're gonna talk about in just a second, exactly what faithfulness is, then I'll be promoted. So if you, and that just doesn't mean in church, in serving, it means in every area of your life. He will promote you. Thanks, give it up for Aaron. Thank you very much, buddy. Okay, so let's go to ability. That's the application. God is not fair, he is just. It says, and to each, to one, he gave how many talents? To another, he gave how many? And to another, he gave how many? According to his own, what? Ability. Okay, now this is very interesting. What did he give each one of them? Five what? Two what? One what? Talents. A talent, follow me here, a talent is not a measure of currency, it's a measure of weight. Okay, catch this. This is really important because often when we read this, we think this is involves money. This doesn't involve money. This involves capacity. So what he's saying to these three servants and what he's saying to you is if you wanna be a five capacity person, a two capacity person, or a one capacity person, you have the option to pick which level of capacity you walk with God in based on your obedience and your faithfulness. So he gave five to one who could carry five. Talent is the highest measure of weight in the Jewish culture. It went Becca, Gera, Shekel, Mina, and then talent was the heaviest weight. So what was the five talent guy able to do? Carry more weight than the two talent person. What was the two talent person able to do? Carry more weight than the one talent person. Let me break it down for you very easily. God is never gonna give you more than you can carry. However, you can always increase your capacity. 
You can go from a one talent to a two talent to a five talent. And I think this is just an example. You could be a 10 talent person because obviously this guy could carry 10 because he reproduced and was able to carry 10. So I think you can probably go to 20 or 30 or 40. It's up to you. So how do I increase my capacity or my capability or my ability? That's what God's talking about here. So think about your own life. Are you a five capacity person? Are you a two capacity person? Are you a one capacity person? How do I increase my capacity? I think there's three things that we can grow in to increase our capacity. Write these down. Number one is what I call people capacity. This is your ability to lead or your ability to influence. People capacity. This is something you can learn. You can learn to be a better people leader. Now, who's the most important person that you lead in your life? You. So let me ask you, how well are you doing with that? Because if you wanna go from one to two, let me tell you, you gotta master leading yourself before God's gonna give you more. Ooh, this is good preaching. Preach, Pastor Troy. This is good stuff. It's very practical. It's very, it's very intuitive when it comes to God. He's very, it's not, it's just, the gospel is not hard. It's very simple when we understand what he's trying to get across to us. So this is something you can learn. Some people are born leaders. Okay, I was born a leader. Put me in any situation, I'm gonna lead. It's just me. I'm just, that's the way I am. Good or bad, some people are not, just because they influence negative doesn't mean they're a bad leader. Are you following me? It means they have the skill to lead. So if you wanna increase your capacity, your ability, if you wanna go from one to two, two to five, then you have to learn how to lead yourself, lead your family, lead those around you. Your ability to lead, your ability to influence. If you want more influence, if you want a group of people to follow you, you only reproduce what you are, not what you say. And so, so don't think just because you know it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. You gotta, you gotta reproduce what you are so you can learn that. Second is perspective capacity. This is your ability to see or vision. When I was about 20, 21, 22 years old, <clears throat> I'd never flown in an airplane before. And my friend Farrell Brown was learning how to fly and he knew I'd never flown in an airplane. He goes, hey, you wanna go fly with me? I, I said, yes, I don't know why. But I said yes, just ignorance or whatever. And of course that day, it's a beautiful day like today, he goes, hey, today I'm gonna learn, we're gonna practice landings. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die today. Today's the, the day I'm gonna die. So we get in this little four-person Cessna. It's like four seats, one engine. There's an instructor right in front of me and Farrell is over here. I put the headphones on, I look real professional. I'm sitting in the back, I'm just chilling, just relaxing. This is nice and easy, we take off. Farrell takes off, he's good at takeoffs. So we fly, we're flying over to another field so we can practice landings. And on the way over there, I haven't talked to anybody yet. I'm just sitting in the back of the plane. They do all their stuff. We get in, we take off. Finally, Pharaoh goes, hey, oh, by the way, I wanted to introduce you to my friend Troy. And, you know, this is my instructor. And so the instructor's flying like this. He leans back, he learned, turns around and looks at me and gives me this really evil look. He grabs, and by the way, Pharaoh told him that I'd never flown before. He grabs the yoke 
pulls back on the plane, the plane goes straight up in the air like this. I'm freaking out. It stalls. Do, 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 do. Compl- the, the propeller stopped spinning, y'all. It falls down like this. The propeller starts. I'm floating in the air because I didn't put my seatbelt on. I thought it was just going to be a nice little flight. I'm floating up in the air. Everything that I ate the night before is just rising up on the inside of me. And then he just goes straight towards the ground, hits the, like turns this way, turns around and does 360 degrees. The plane is sideways, goes 360 degrees around and then stops. And then he looks back and goes, how was that for your first flight? And I'm, I'm like dying back there. I'm freaking out crazy. Planes are rated to fly at different altitudes. Yesterday, I was on a 737. We flew at 30,000 feet. You can't fly a four-person Cessna at 30,000 feet. You know, you can see a lot from 30,000 feet. You can't see as much from 5,000. See, your perspective is something that you catch. The only way you can increase your perspective capacity is get around people who have a bigger one than you. If you want a bigger business, get around people who have a bigger business. If you want a better marriage, get around people who have a better marriage. If you want a bigger ministry, get around people who have a bigger ministry. If you wanna make more money, get around people who have more than you. You're never gonna get more if you're just hanging around with people that don't have any because they don't know how to get even where you are. Are you following me? That doesn't mean you can't help people. That's not what I'm saying. My point is, is that we wanna increase our capacity, our ability. We wanna go from a one to a two to a five. The last area of capacity, I think, is the most important area. Pain capacity. This is your ability to grow. Your ability to grow. How much pain can you endure? This is something you can only learn through experience. Okay, so people capacity, you can learn it. Read a book, listen to an audio book, listen to a podcast, you can get more knowledge. Perspective capacity, you gotta catch it. You gotta get around people who are bigger, better, have more, who are flying at 30,000 feet. But if you wanna wanna increase your pain capacity, you gotta go through it, not run from it. Don't hear a lot of preaching about this in church. This isn't, you're not gonna hear this on Joel Osteen's podcast. (laughs) This is my Bible. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. You're gonna be blessed today. I love Joel, but pain is not his lane. How many of you going through some pain right now? Raise your hand. You know what God's doing? Increasing your capacity. It may not feel good, but God's taking you from a two to a five talent. If you can endure it, matter of fact, the Bible says in James chapter one, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Romans eight, verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory 
which shall be revealed in, in a, in a, inside of us. Pain, pain comes in all kinds of packages, doesn't it? There's life pain, there's people pain, there's, there's relationship pain, there's kinfolk pain, right? There's church pain. Some of you are sitting in the back row today because you got hurt at a church. You come in late, you leave early because you don't want that to happen to you. But listen, if you never go through it, you'll never grow. Sam Chan said this, Dr. Sam Chan, he says, pain is a part of progress. Anything that grows experiences some pain. If I avoid all pain, I'm avoiding growth. If I avoid all pain, I'm avoiding growth. You can run from it, but it'll find you at the next destination. Because you have to go through it. You have to endure it. God is, is great. and here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. Oh, this is so good. Listen. It's in our weakness that God's strength is perfected. It's when we say, I can't do it, God, that he shows up and shows how he can do it for us and we can get through it. Here, here, here's, here's the equation. Growth equals change. Change equals loss. Loss equals pain. In other words, growth equals pain. What's the reward though? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I love that statement because it lets us know that what God expects from us in our faithfulness is always in the little stuff. It's just in the small. He said, I'll make you ruler over many things Enter into the joy of the Lord. Here's the last thing that I wanna tell you is attitude. There's a dramatic scene change when you get to verse 24, dramatic. Then, so he tells the story, okay, five to one, two to one, one to one. And then he, and he says, he went away on a long journey. The five turned it into 10. The two turned it into, it's all positive. This is awesome. This is great. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was, here's the key word, afraid, fear. And went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. See, his attitude was wrong. He had the wrong attitude. See, faithfulness, remember, blessing is the result of what? Obedience. Promotion is the result of what? Faithfulness. So what is faithfulness? Is faithful protecting what I have? No, that's not faithful. According to this parable right here, Jesus lets us know that if I just keep what I have, I'm not being faithful. The only time that I'm faithful is when I reproduce what God has given me. When I take my five and turn it into 10, when I take my two and turn it into four. But if I take because of fear, and hide my one, I am not faithful. God calls me wicked and lazy. So what happened is the one talent people, and you don't wanna be a one talent person, decide, listen, decide today that you're not gonna be a one talent person. Decide right now, I do not wanna be a one talent because one talent people miss the master's intention. What, what did he do? He opted for safety instead of service. So guess what? You can sit in the back row all you want and be safe, but you're just protecting the one instead of multiplying 
what God has given you. You got to take some risk because when you risk something, it could cost you something. Risk always costs, always costs you something. Giving in liberty offering cost you something. It's not for free. It all, relationships cost. Coming to church costs. Not just gas, because it's expensive right now, y'all. He opted for safety instead of service. Listen, he opted for fear instead of faith. And here's what we understand about God, and I'm almost done, is God is not passive. God is always active. He's a good investor. He's a shrewd investor. So here's what he does. Here's what he does. So take, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Well, hold on, hold on. I thought God was merciful. I thought he was full of grace. Why didn't he take the five and give this guy another chance? Interesting, isn't it? That's what we want to happen. But what he does is he takes from the guy who opted for fear and he takes it from him and he gives it to the one who was faithful and good. The word good means useful or beneficial. God always speaks to our character and our diligence when he talks to us. He will always address you based on your character and your diligence when it comes to the gifts that he gives you. Are you good and faithful or wicked and lazy? Are you opting for fear instead of faith? Safety instead of service? This is why it's so important to get involved in what God's doing in the kingdom of God. Yeah, but the last time I got hurt, yeah, you probably get hurt again. But, but, but I don't like to get hurt. Change equals growth. Growth equals loss. Loss equals pain. It hurts. What about you, Pastor Troy? You've been hurt all the time. Last two weeks, hardest couple of weeks in my ministry life. It's been very difficult. I've been through some pain, man. Some relationship pain, some stuff going on, man, it's tough. It's really hard. But I know God's growing me. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I wish I'd never had to go through this. Wish I'd never had to deal with it. Last two years, hard two years. Man, the church is all doing awesome. And that's isn't that interesting how that is. There's some area of your life doing really, really good. And there's one area of your life just sucks. Right? But that area over here is where God has taken me from a one talent to a two talent to a five talent maybe to a 10 talent or 20 talent. For to everyone who, is, who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. See, the master entrusted responsibility to his servants. He entrusts you with something. He gives you something. He increased responsibility for faithfulness. And he judged inexcusable irresponsibility. So I want to close with three questions and then I'm done. Here's the first one. And I just want to just ask the Holy Spirit, which one of these do I need to work on today? 
Very practical pastoral message today. Here's the first question. What am I doing with what God has given me for the kingdom? Just take an inventory. What's God given you? He's given you something. What are you doing with it? Second question. Where do I need to increase my ability or my capacity? People, perspective, or pain? Holy Spirit, tell me. Third question. Am I being faithful or am I being fearful? Am I being faithful? Am I opting for safety instead of service? Am I opting for fear instead of faith? Let's stand on our feet. Close our eyes just for a minute. Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us today? I feel like that, that you, there's some people in this room, including myself, that just need to hear your voice. We just need some assurance that you're there, that you're listening to our prayers. Father, we love you. We honor you in this place. And God, we need you more than ever. Some of us in this room are hurting, God. We know that you didn't cause that pain. We're not pointing the finger at you, but we know that you can heal our pain. And so, Father, we look to you. We don't point at you. We look to you as our healer. And we ask you to move supernaturally to help us walk through this wilderness to get to where we need to go. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Even if you're online, just, just close your eyes right where you are. If you're here today, the most important decision you can ever make is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've never made that decision before, I wanna pray with you. I would love to lead you in a prayer of confession, of faith, so that you can walk through the door of the kingdom of God. Or maybe you knew God at some point in your life, but you fell away from him. You know who you are. You were one of these servants, but you backed out. You walked away. You backslid. You know what you can do? Press the reset button. That's how good and how faithful God is. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be there for you. And guess what? He's here for you right now. He says, I, I want to come into your life fresh and change you forever. That's his desire. So if you fall into one of those two categories, I want to pray for you. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, just raise your hand. If you're online, just, just put something in the chat bar so we can pray for you. We have some people that would love to connect with you, pray for you. Ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hand. You say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep that hand up. I want to have one more question. If you're here today and you say, I'm not using my talents for God's kingdom, and I want to. I want to start today. I want you just to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand all over this room. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. I want you to pray this out loud. Everybody in this room, online, let's pray it all together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I commit my life to you. I commit my gifts to you. I commit my talents to you. I want to serve you. No longer safe, but service. No longer fear, but faithful. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead so I could have a brand new life. I'll worship you and I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, and everybody shouted, amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. 
really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message. Thank you.